0: I'd like to pray a prayer that, that I'm reminded of out of Acts 10 where Peter was summoned from Joppa to Caesarea and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit felled on all those who were listening. So that's my prayer. So Lord, come. Holy Spirit, come. And while I am preaching this message that you have given me, Fall on us. Fall on us anew. Give us a new life in you, Lord Christ. This I pray. Amen. When I was a young man of 55, only uh, 22 years ago, uh, my wife and I uh, went to um, visit a church, St. Andrews-by-the-Sea, in Destin, Florida. And the senior pastor came up to me at the communion reel and he wanted to anoint me and he asked me if I wanted the Holy Spirit and some of his gifts. And I promptly said, no, I don't want it. I don't need it. And so I would call that a rejection of the Holy Spirit, wouldn't you? There was fear involved. I was a fairly new Christian. I haven't been reading the Bible very long. Just a young man of 55. And uh, so I didn't understand what God's plan was for me with his spirit. And so since there was ignorance uh, on my part, I, I didn't want any part of him. So let's take a look at what Jesus' ministry has to say today. Uh, <clears throat> George read from Matthew 4 on page 809 before we get to the text on verse 17 let me just say what happened in Matthew 3 Jesus opened the heaven or I say God the Father opened the heaven would be a better thing to say and the spirit of God came down in the form of a dove and landed on Jesus And Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, full of the Spirit, preached in verse 17. And it seems like many times for Jesus, not only did he preach about the kingdom of God, but he healed. And we see that today. So here's what he says. He says, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, that repent word is, is, is a big picture word. You know, Greek Strong uh, Strong's Greek Bible says to re- repent means to think differently or to think differently afterwards. So Jesus was probably saying something like this. You think differently. The kingdom of God is within your reach. Or, he was saying... When the kingdom of God comes upon you, you will think differently. And we see that today in verses 23 through 25. Because Jesus is preaching about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Heaven has invaded earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will on earth be as in heaven. So we see in verses 23 through 25 Jesus is teaching about the kingdom and he healed every sickness every affliction every pain every disease every torment paralytics and he cast out evil spirits that were oppressing the people. What do you think happened to each one of those when they had a God encounter. Now, have you ever had a God encounter? When God comes and touches you, say, takes a pain away from your back, and you had a God encounter, it should change your thinking. Okay? So what I did, is, I decided to interview four people in our church that's had healing. And I asked them the question, how did that change your thinking? And here's a summary. First of all, I'm convinced there's a God and that He intervened in my life. You know, the church is full of deism. That we believe in God, but we don't believe that He works today. You know, it's a lie. When we believe a lie From the devil, we give power to the devil. Jesus still is alive and well and works in the church and in our lives. So the first comment was there is a God, He intervenes in my life, He loves me, and He wants a relationship with me. So it's all about a love relationship. Number one. Number two, I now have a story of God's caring for me. I have a testimony. So I become a witness for Christ. This is what happened to me. Jesus came to me and healed me. This is what he did. I have a testimony. And nobody can take that away. And lastly, when we have a God encounter, when the kingdom of God comes upon us, We want other people to experience this God encounter because it's powerful. It changes us. We become more like Jesus in that experience as we grow. So the Holy Spirit plays a part, a significant part in all three of those, in our love relationship, in our witness for Christ, and continuing the ministry of Jesus. Concerning the love relationship, the Bible is pretty clear that the Holy Spirit, one of His jobs is to pour the love of God into our hearts. He pours the love of God into our hearts so that we can love God with His love because we can't meet the great commandment. He also pours the love of God into our hearts for our spouses and our family and others because we can't love our spouse as Scripture says, especially like for a man, it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and He died for her. I tell you, there are not too many men that can do that. So God pours His love in our hearts for our spouses. And most significantly, God pours the love that He has for you in your heart. Because a church is full of people who are in shame. Who are in fear. And they think I'm not worthy. One of the things, I, one of the comments I got from the four people that I interviewed. Saying, I never thought God would heal me. I thought he would heal other people, but not me. And this is a Christian saying things like that. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. Uh, and we give power to the, to the liar when we say that. I promised the Holy Spirit I would follow the notes we had so I don't go off on a rabbit trail. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the Spirit gives us a testimony to witness of Christ. Dan, a few weeks ago, preached on Jesus' ascension, and he quoted Acts 1. And Acts 1 gives us the last great commission of Jesus before he ascended to go be with the Father. He said, wait for the power on high, and you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Clay County. I added Clay County, by the way, (laughs) to the ends of the world. So Jesus had the intention to make us witnesses. And see, healing, any God encounter is a healing. All you do, all you have to do is experience the peace of God on you and you're you're being healed. You have some emotional healing there. You say, oh, God knows me and he loves me. You know? And there's spiritual healing and emotional healing in every God encounter. There's so many ways to be healed. Yeah, I used um, the example of uh, Jennifer White and Ann Murphy. And I'll do it again. this is the first Sunday of Lent. I'm walking in the church at 9 o'clock. I, no, I'm, I'm in near my office. And Jennifer White says, you know, my mom has a growth on her neck. I said, okay. And she had a melanoma removed off her face, and I'm concerned about her. And I said, okay, I'll talk to her. And 11 o'clock, she comes walking right by. And uh, I said, hi, Ann. I understand you have a growth on your neck. <laughs> I said, well get right to the point point." <laughs> and she said yes I said would you come for prayer she says no so I said well I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and convict you so you don't have any choice that you'll have to go for prayer and guess what she went for prayer thank you Lord And the prayer minister laid hands on her neck and she was healed. In fact, I think the next morning her husband said, hey, the cough you had for the last three months is gone too. She said, oh yeah, it is. So God came and poured his love and life into her. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So every time she's told me that every time she shared that story, with someone, she is a witness of Christ and what Christ has done for her. And I just see Jesus smiling on her saying, wow, good job, Ann. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And I think he also wants, Jesus wants us to continue his ministry that we just read in Matthew 4. And the reason I know that is several. One, he gives us a commission in Acts 9. He he took the 12 apostles and he said, I give you my power and authority to go and preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and cast out demons. Then in Luke 10 it says, Oh, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. So he brought 72 disciples... And he gave them, we call them the no-names, we don't know who they are. It's like Gus going to someplace else and laying hands on, I'm a no-name, that's okay. These no-names went out, they had the power and authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, and to proclaim the kingdom of God was, was present. Then, in John 14, it says something very interesting. Jesus says, I don't want to get that wrong. He says, Well, I can't see it. Let me just go ahead and do it. (laughs) He says, Anyone who believes in me will do the works that I do. That's an amazing statement. And then he says, Don't be anxious, don't be fearful. I will supply a helper, the Holy Spirit to help you continue my ministry. Thank you Lord I think next I'd like to give you a couple examples of things that's happened in the church I'll try to I won't give you as many as at 9 o'clock. I took a little too long, huh Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a couple. I want to talk about uh, a guy named Cliff. He and his wife were attending church. He was not a believer. And she was. And, And she struggled with cancer. She's been to our prayer school and But she didn't come every Sunday because she was struggling with cancer on and off. But one day I get a call and she tells me Cliff has been diagnosed with ALS. I said, okay. Would you like uh, for me to send a prayer minister? She said, sure. So prayer minister went over to their house and Cliff shared, I don't think there's a God. Prayer minister said, Okay, let's ask God to come and show you that he exists. So they started praying. And the Holy Spirit came all over Cliff. Wouldn't you know it? He wanted to know if there was a God. Did you expect him to show up? Yeah. And so he came all over Cliff. And Cliff felt more love and peace than he's ever felt in his life. He started to cry. We baptized him. And that never left him until he died. Well, it, still, it never left him. It's still going on, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when that peace of God comes on people, I mean, he was being healed big time. Emotionally, spiritually. Spiritually. He knew there was a God. No doubt. I'll tell you another story. Breaks your heart. Here's a young man. He told me I could not use his name, but he said I could tell the complete story. I said, okay. Because I think only his wife knows, and he didn't want anybody else to know. He's not ready for that. I said, okay. And so uh, when he was very young, his father divorced his mom and he never felt loved by his dad he felt rejected abandoned by his dad and we call that trauma a the absence a is for absence the absence of love the absence of having a loving caring home to nurture you and raise you up and and that's trauma i know it as i experienced it and so this, this man has been dealing with that. Then a few years later, he gets sexually abused in a public restroom. And he kept it a secret for 30 years. And we call that trauma B, B, bad things. Bad things that happen to you. That's not his fault. Neither one of those things were his fault. But he has to deal with them. But he couldn't and he didn't. So he kept it as a secret for 30 years. But one day he calls me on the phone. And he says, Gus, I am so frustrated. I am so depressed. I am so anxious. I cannot concentrate. I can't do my job. I can't do my job. He's a 40-year-old. I can't do my job. I said, well, come in for prayer. And the prayer team that prayed for him led him to forgive his dad, which he never had, to forgive his perpetrator of the sexual abuse, to forgive himself. You have to, you have to know that anything that happens to you, even though it's not your fault, you tend to believe yourself. Blame yourself. It's like I did. I blame myself for my parents arguing. How can a five-year-old do that? OK? But I did. So we tend to blame ourselves for things. So we had to lead him into forgiving himself as well. After that was done, we were able to cast out a few evil spirits that were bot- oppressing him. He had a perverse spirit that was oppressing him. He had a spirit of heaviness and rejection and depression oppressing him. And so we just said, get out. And it left. And then we filled that void with the Holy Spirit and his love and his joy and his peace and he left a different person. Totally different person from when he came in. He was healed physically. He was healed emotionally. He was healed spiritually and He we took away some oppression, cast some evil spirits out of it. Brothers and sisters, if you don't think a Christian can be oppressed by evil, that's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie of the devil. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to stay in bondage. But, I must say this. Jesus Jesus is not a genie in a bottle. We don't rub Him three times and ask for a wish And we expect to get it. Because my little old pea brain wants what I want. So we believe four things at least in our prayer ministry. We believe that God has the power to heal anybody of anything. We also believe that God has the power to know what's best for us. And He only wants what's best for us. And that's hard to understand at times. But he sees our past, our present, and our future. He knows what's best. And so it's our job to be faithful and to pray and leave the results to Jesus. I pray for a guy with a headache. I mean, I'll pray for anything. guy after the 745 service, man, I said, you look like you're really... In a bad mood. Uh, I'm a little blunt, wasn't it? You look like you're in a bad mood. And he said, Yeah, I have a headache. I said, Let me pray. So I lay hands on him and I walked away. I don't know what Jesus did. <laughs> I just assumed he did something. <laughs> So sometimes when I pray, I don't get the results I'd like to get. Let me tell you, uh, some of us are old like me, and you've heard of Paul Harvey, and he used to tell a story, and then he'd say, now for the rest of the story, is that how you used to go? Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you the rest of the story. So you all know that I rejected the Holy Spirit, right? Okay. So I think... um, At that same time, my wife had contracted cancer. And so in the church we were in, they never talked about healing. They never talked about Holy Spirit. What is the Holy... I mean, I didn't know any of those things. You know? And so my wife makes an appointment with Christian Healing Ministries here in Jacksonville. We're living in Louisiana. So we come to Jacksonville and they have... They have what's called intensive prayer ministry. At the time, if I recall, it was three days. And there was a teaching in the morning that both of us could attend. I was there to support her. So she was the participant. And uh, we would have a teaching, a live teaching from Francis McNutt, Judith McNutt, and Norma Deering, And maybe Norma's husband too, I think, was one of them. I think he taught on baptism of the Holy Spirit. So... But so we had a teaching in the morning and then Alice would go for prayer and I found something to do. And I went to the bookstore. And I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit led me to a book. And I grabbed this book and it's Dennis Bennett's book, The Holy Spirit in You. And so it was a nice day. It was October here in Jacksonville. And so um, I'm sitting at the picnic table Reading this book outside, same area exists today, 22 22 years later. And I'm reading this book, and I'm saying, wow, the Holy Spirit does that? And wow, and I said, I want that. And so the Holy Spirit came upon me, I felt his presence, and he gave me some spiritual gifts, which I'm using today, praise God, you know. But I had to give him permission. I had to give him permission. But I had to give him permission. Ah. The Holy Spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit to do life together. How can marriages even exist without the Holy Spirit? We can't even love each other without the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth that comes in and guides me into truth. He he's my He's my advocate. He loves me and He pours love into my heart. I can't imagine doing life without Him. I was a mess. I'm still kind of a mess, but I mean I'm a mess. I can't imagine doing life without him. But you have to give him permission. And even that I know about him, I can ignore him. I can ignore him. But just recently, Mike Evans wrote a book and uh, I think it's why not waste time with God? And um, he's a friend of ours out of California. is in the healing ministry. And he's been to our church. We invited him to come. And he's talked at one of our schools. And um, he, he says he does coffee with the Lord. So I've been trying to do that. Do coffee with the Holy Spirit. And, um, and it's been good. And it really blesses me. So, I'd, I'd ask right now that you're quiet, you close your eyes, and you ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill you with His presence. Jesus says, It's to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. Jesus was limited by time and space. The Holy Spirit can live in every one of us. And you can know He's there. And you can feel His presence. So I ask each one of you to invite Him into your life right now. Maybe you already have. Just ask for a refilling, a refreshing refilling. Holy Spirit, I know you will honor our prayers and our invitation. Help us to be patient. Sometimes He comes all at once, sometimes He comes a little bit at a time, because He knows you and He knows what you need. Some of us can take all of it at one time, and others cannot. So, Holy Spirit, I know. That you answered everyone's invitation here today. Help us to be patient, but help us to live in you, to keep in step with you, to be occupied by you. Convict our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I now invite.